Hello, beautiful family. Hello, beautiful family. Thank you so much for joining us uh, wherever you are, in your computer, in your car, although you shouldn't be driving, so don't be in your car too much unless you're getting groceries, all right? Uh, hey, I miss, I miss gathering together already, seriously. Um, and it is a blessing that we get to be here and to be able to connect at least a little bit, even uh, digitally and in different ways. God is good uh, and just providing that for us. I'm fresh off my fourth child. Uh, and so uh, we'll see how this goes. I'm a little bit sleep deprived right now. And so we'll see, uh, we'll see if I'm able to remember all this. But we're going to be in First Thessalonians and we're going to be continuing that series. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and grab them. If you don't, the ushers will be coming forward, which means you hitting pause and going to your room and getting your Bible. If you want to be a good husband or wife or a roommate, go get your uh, spouse's Bible. And uh, we'd encourage you to turn there with us. We want your eyes on the Word. We say that every week uh, because we mean it. Uh, we really want the Word of God to be speaking to us, especially during these times and especially in the situations that we're in. So go ahead and grab your Bibles. We're going to start in 1 Thessalonians, beginning in chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 13. I'm going to ask Stephanie to go ahead and read that for us. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Gosh, what an encouraging word for this time. Amen. Amen. Um, as Christians, we have something that we are looking forward to in the coming of Christ. How often do you think about that? How often do you think about the return of Jesus? Because at his return, he will make all things right, the scripture says. There will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more drama. There will be no more death. There will be no more COVID-19. There will be no more shelter in place. You will be in the kingdom, able to go wherever you want in the kingdom as much as you want. And so, Lord, come quickly for that time. Uh, but how often do you think through this, though? Like, how often is that actually on your mind? You know, in the Lord's Prayer, uh, he actually commands us not just to be thinking about this, but to be longing for, literally praying for the return of our King Jesus. The prayer says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Do you pray that the kingdom of God would come? This is actually a command all throughout Scripture. We see in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 11 through 12, it says, Since these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, like Adam talked about last week, waiting for and hastening the coming of the days of God? We want to long for it, hasten it, like desire it, hurry it up almost in a sense. Is your heart that set on the kingdom, on what will be so much better than literally the greatest thing that is here on earth? 
Everything that is bad on earth will be wiped away. And even the greatest things that we have on earth right now are going to taste like cardboard in heaven. Like we will be together with our king forever. And Paul is encouraging the Thessalonians to dwell on the return of Jesus. But the Thessalonians, they actually had poor theology about the coming of Christ. In fact, we actually see in 2 Thessalonians, which is the letter after this letter to them, uh, that some of them actually thought they had missed the coming of Christ. And so they thought that they were left behind in a sense. Now, that might seem silly to us, okay, because we most of us know it's not possible, right? We at least in this area have at least decent theology about the return of Jesus. And this is actually why theology is so important, because what may seem silly to us was very serious to them, because they didn't understand about Christ and his return. But... There are many other things in scripture that I would argue we probably don't align with theologically. We don't see as clearly. It's causing us to worry or to concern or to be frustrated or discouraged or we're just missing things because our theology is off. This is why what we think about God is so important. Man, some of us are actually walking in sin because we don't have the right understanding of God and of who he is. And even in this season, as the coronavirus starts to really rock our worlds in a lot of very serious ways, is your theology about the sovereignty of God bringing you peace? Or do you not have a high enough doctrine here? And because your doctrine is not high, you're actually flooding your soul with anxiety and worry. You see, theology, what we think about God, it matters. And so Paul is trying to correct their theology to give them the right understanding about Christ and who he is and when he's going to come. And so Paul says he doesn't want them to be uninformed. You see there in verse 13 about those who are asleep, okay, not dead, who are asleep. Christians don't die, we resurrect. Come on now. Amen. Like Jesus tells us this in John 8, verse 51. He says, you will not die. We will not taste death. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, it says the same thing again. And so don't be uninformed, Paul says, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. Wow. Like, listen, y'all. Because of Christ Jesus, we have hope. Amen. And by the way, it's okay to talk into the TV at home, all right? In fact, I would encourage you, practice it now while you're by yourself. So when we get back together, we can get a little praise session on, all right? Uh, Ain't nobody judging you at home, okay? But uh, we have hope because Jesus tasted death for everyone. He literally became death so that we do not die, we live. When he comes back, all things will be right and we will live forever. And so Paul is encouraging them not to be concerned because they're going to go see King Jesus one day and he's going to make everything right. He actually ends in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 18 uh, by saying that we should be encouraging each other with these words. We should be encouraging each other with these words that Jesus will make all things right. He's going to fix every single wrong. He's going to restore all things. He is going to come back. He will not leave us alone. He has not left you alone. Jesus will finish the work that he started. All things will be made new and right in Christ. We should be encouraging each other with these words. Man, do you believe this? Do you believe in the goodness of our God? He's going to make all things right. And even this week, have you been encouraging each other with these words? 
Have you been reminding yourself of the goodness of God? Have you been speaking these truths over others? Even as the coming week goes on, will you spend time encouraging your own soul and the souls of people around you with these words that Jesus has not left us alone? As we FaceTime and Zoom each other, will we remind each other that, man, even though we might be going through financial hardship, or even though we might be going through a tough time now, that we are not a people without hope. COVID cannot steal our hope because our hope is ultimately not in this world. Yes, we may be struggling and we may be suffering, and we do not downplay that as Christians. That's a serious reality. In fact, Paul is writing to the Thessalonians who are facing persecution right at this moment. And so the suffering, the struggle is real, but this corona or the crown virus has not removed the crown off of King Jesus' head. He's still on his throne. And he is going to return, and he is going to make all things right. Amen? Amen. This is good news, and this should be encouraging to us that literally, even though this virus is bringing death to people around us, our King Jesus tasted death that we will never die. We will not die. We will reign forever. Is this on your mind? Is this what we are thinking about? Is what Paul is encouraging the Thessalonians to think the right things about Christ and to remember the goodness of who he is? It's difficult, though. Like, if we're honest, it's easy as we're sitting in the Word literally right now to be thinking about it. But even this week, I felt a ton of discouragement and a ton of frustration and a ton of sorrow in a lot of ways. I felt isolated and lonely, in a sense, Like, we had a new baby, and nobody's holding our baby and able to, like, come see them as they bring meals, and uh, there's just a sense of isolation. I start feeling this frustration as I learn that people in our church were losing their jobs, were feeling this sense of loneliness, and it was just discouraging in a lot of ways. I found out that my aunt and my uncle might have coronavirus, and they're a little bit older as well, and there's other people in my life that I'm realizing, man, this is really impacting in a lot of ways. And so I found myself discouraged. And as I was sitting at my dinner table on Tuesday night, just discouraged, honestly, I got into the Word. I started prepping this sermon, and it encouraged me because I was able to remember the goodness of God. I was able to remember that my present circumstances are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. And as I thought about the goodness of God, as I thought about the fact that Jesus is going to return one day, it refocused my heart and my affections. It set my hope where they should be. And that's what Paul's encouraging the Thessalonians to do, to set their hope where it should be, to not lose any hope. He's challenging them to remember that Jesus is not just on some ethereal throne in heaven, way outside of their situations, but he can and should be on the very throne of their heart. And that as they are suffering, they remember that God will not leave us or forsake us. He is with us and he will guide us. He has not left you alone, family of God. He is with you. And so is Jesus on the throne of your heart to remind you of these truths? Like Christian, is Jesus on, your, on the throne in your heart that he may remind you even when you start to feel sorrow, even when you start to feel genuine suffering, even when you do lose your job or somebody is impacted, what's on the throne of your heart? Is it you or is it the hope that we have in Jesus? And Paul is encouraging them, if we have this secured hope, if our theology about God is high enough, then no matter what suffering we have, man, we know what our future holds. 
And is this true for you who maybe you're wrestling with the Christian faith? Maybe you're coming into this time today and you're trying to figure out this whole Christian thing and what do I believe about God? And maybe even this has begun to make you think about future things. Listen, I want to tell you that you can have Jesus on the throne of your heart as well that you can have this future hope that we have. You see, the salvation that we believe in, when we say, I believe in Jesus, it doesn't just make us right with God, though it does that. And it doesn't just give us present purpose and, and calling, though it does that. It doesn't just save us from hell or deliver us into heaven. Like, literally, we will live forever if we believe in Jesus. The salvation that we receive because we believe in the gospel, it encompasses every area of our life, including what happens to us after we die, that we will reign forever with Jesus. And this can be yours, and this is ours if we believe that we have Jesus forever. This is our hope. No matter how bad this world gets, we won't die. We live forever. Do you believe that? You don't die. You live forever because he tasted death for us. We should be encouraging each other with these words, Paul says. I want to finish our text here uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. And listen to how Paul just kind of reiterates the same things once again as we read this. So I'm going to have Mary read that for us. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation." For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. As someone who's just coming back uh, off of having a child, I can tell you verse three is very, very true. All of a sudden, labor pains come. It's like sudden destruction, and then that baby is born in your car. All right, so that child shall forever have a story. Born in a car during the coronavirus, uh, Elliot finna save a whole nation or something. Um, but Paul wants to give us specifics here, right? They're, they're pretty straightforward. That Jesus is going to come back swiftly is what he says. You know, the Bible actually talks about Jesus's second coming eight times more than it talks about his first coming. Wow. Now, it doesn't talk about the gospel, the cross of Christ. That's the pinnacle, the highlight. But compared to his first coming, the prophecy about it, and his second coming eight times more, the Bible wants our mind and our hearts to be set on the coming of Jesus because that's where all things are made right. And so once again, Paul pushes us to look forward as to what's going to come. Now, when, we don't know specifically, but Paul says that we should be alert, awake, and ready. In other words, don't be caught slipping, 
right? <laughs> like, don't be just in your crib chilling, all of a sudden Jesus is back. Like, we should be doing the work of the gospel, right? We should be active in living as citizens of the kingdom that is to come until the kingdom finally does come. Like Adam talked about last week, we should live in holiness. We should walk in purity is what he was telling us. We should do the work of the gospel. Who knows, corona might be the start of it. Come quickly, Lord, right? I'm, I'm mostly kidding, by the way. <laughs> mostly, all right. all right? But we should always be walking in the work of the gospel, no matter the time and no matter the season, even using the suffering to draw us closer and to actually increase our hope and increase our desire to long for the kingdom. In moments like this, it's actually easier for us to long for the day when all things are made right. And so that's what Paul is encouraging the Thessalonians. While you are suffering, know Jesus will make all things right and let that suffering point you to the future kingdom. Is this suffering pointing you toward the future kingdom? Paul's summary of this is really, really simple, and it'll be on the screen there for you. It says, if we're dead, we're living with him. And if he comes back, we're going to him. And if we are alive, we should be living for him. And that's what Paul is highlighting here. He says that again there in verse 11, encourage each other in this. He repeats himself there to build each other up, excel still more. I know you're doing this, he says, do it more and more. Encourage each other in more and more hope. Keep longing for the return of Jesus to make all things right. Long for the day when people would not get sick anymore, when there will be no more viruses going around because he rids all evil. Long for the day when people will not lose their jobs, where our jobs will not produce thorns and thistles, but we will get to work directly for our King Jesus and glorify him forever. Long for that day to not be stuck in this form of isolation. One day we won't be stuck in homes. We'll be together forever. And so even as we long to be back together on Sundays, even that is just a cardboard tasting shadow of what is to come that one day we'll be together forever, long for that day. Jesus' family, Jesus died that death might be conquered. And Jesus rose that those of us who believe in him, you will resurrect too. And Jesus is coming back so that we can live with him forever. Do you believe this? Do you set your mind on this? Do you remind yourself of this truth? And do you encourage others to remember this truth as well? That's what this text is. Paul says this is from the Lord in chapter 4, verse 15. This isn't something we're making up to give ourselves some false sense of hope. This is directly from the Lord. And so my prayer during this awkward season is that, honestly, you'd be having a really good time with God, that you'd be connecting with him, you'd be allowing this to draw your heart closer to who he is, that you would long for him more, that you would seek his face more, that you would be living with him and living for him that we would long for the day we should be encouraging each other in this truth, the well, Austin, let's excel still more in the hope of the gospel. Let us be a people that is filled with hope and tell other people that they can have this same hope until Jesus does return. Let's excel in the work that he's left us to do. Hey, I love you guys, for real, so, so much. And I miss you guys like crazy, but I genuinely do pray that we would be a church that excels in the work of the Lord and that longs for the day for Jesus to make all things right. Jesus is going to make all things right. He will fix all things, including this. 
And until he returns, we should be a people that excel in the work of the gospel and fix our eyes on that day. Amen? Amen. Hey, I love you guys so, so much. I love you. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you are going to come back. And so we pray exactly what you taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Would your kingdom come? Would you come and would you make right all things, Jesus? God, I know there are people that are experiencing some real suffering right now. And it might even feel like, well, what does thinking about the future have to do with the present? It has everything to do with it. God, would you show us that? that you will make right all things, which means even right now, you are altering our hearts to prepare us for the kingdom that is to come. Would you come, Jesus? And until you do, would you make us look like you? And God, for those who may not know you, I pray that today would be the day they place their faith in you. That even right now, they would say, Jesus, I wanna live forever. I don't wanna die. I want there to be no more sickness and I want to be in that place. I want to do the work of the gospel. I want to be filled with hope. I want this peace that transcends understanding to enter into my heart. And God, I pray that there'd be many that come to know you. That friends, if that's you, if you do not know Jesus as your savior right now, you can know him. Right now, this king can be yours. Jesus died that you might have relationship with God and he's coming back that we might be with him forever. He wants all of us to enter into that. So God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for drawing me into the gospel. And we ask that you would set our mind on you even this week, God. As we start getting a little bit antsy, as we feel ourselves getting frustrated in the house, would we set our eyes on the things that are to come and would that direct our present, Jesus, and cause us to live as citizens of the kingdom. We love you. We praise things in your very beautiful name. Amen.